Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Maze in Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network here with you on Tuesday night, August 23rd, as we head into Wednesday, August 24th. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you, and it's not quite game week, but as we record, we are just 11 days away until Michigan takes the field at the Big House on September 3rd, hosting Colorado State. And what better time to give our official... 2022 season prediction. Scotty White, what's going on, man? How are you doing here this evening? I'm doing great, man. I am excited to go through the schedule and predict each game. Um, like you said, it's not game week for Michigan, but we do have college football games in just about four days now, and I could not be more excited. Um, and really starting to do this kind of stuff, the schedule predictions. Um, we did our, our first uh, – betting podcast last night man that stuff really gets me excited and gets me going for the season absolutely so just to, uh, to let you know what our plan is you're probably wondering you know why aren't we doing this uh next week well we're just gonna next week probably do an in-depth look uh at colorado state and who they're gonna be bringing into the big house on saturday september 3rd so that's gonna we're gonna get you ready for the the first game of the year we're gonna take a look at the whole season here today and give our predictions on how the 2022 campaign is going to shake out. And let's kick it off with the first game against Colorado State Labor Day weekend, Saturday, September 3rd. The Rams come to the big house. Scotty White, obviously Michigan, going to be heavy favorites in this one. How do you see it playing out? Um, you know, I think, obviously, I think Michigan's going to get the win. Um but I don't think that it's going to be any anything like a 56-0 or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it, there's going to be some things to figure out. I mean, we don't even know who we're going to see at quarterback. I think that Michigan's going to be doing some experimenting with that week one. Um, so, and and the question marks on defense. You know, we got a new coordinator. There's a lot of a lot of uh, missing pieces from a year ago. Um, so I think Michigan wins comfortably. But you know, Colorado State's not the worst team in the world. Um, you know, they've, they've won games before. Um, it's not like we're going up against, uh, against UConn quite yet in week one. Um, but I think that they keep it a little bit closer. I'm, I'm going to go with 38, 17 Michigan win. 
All righty. Uh, yeah, the thing about Colorado State is obviously not a great uh, season last year, just three and nine, returning about 12 starters. Uh, they've got a new quarterback, a red shirt freshman, Clay Millen, coming in from Nevada uh, for Colorado State. I think uh, led by first year head coach Jay Norvell, they're kind of in the uh, the same boat, though, a little bit of inexperience. Michigan, obviously, excited to see what happens. Um, I do uh, agree with you in the sense that I think it could be a pretty hefty spread for Michigan, but I think they're really uh, going to come out and they are really going to lean on the uh, ground game quite a bit early on. And that's why I don't think you are going to see too, too much. You know, Uh, I think, Colorado State's going to provide a little more resistance than Western Michigan was able to uh, in week one last year. And so Michigan relying heavily on the ground game. Don't get too upset or or anything like that if Michigan gets off to kind of a slow start if they don't go down and score on every drive early on because they are going to be leaning heavily on the ground game but once the the Colorado State walls break I think Michigan's going to really be able to blow it open and get a three four uh, touchdown victory in week one so we think uh, both of these opponents going to be or excuse me uh, Michigan both have them starting off 1-0. No real surprise there. And then they're going to host Hawaii September 10th. It's going to be a night game at the Big House uh, with the Rainbow Warriors coming to town. Hawaii, you know, we kind of talked about it uh, a little bit yesterday on the pod, um, Scotty. I know, obviously, that hasn't been uh, released quite yet, but Hawaii is uh, going to be a very inexperienced team. Uh, here this year, so that is going to be... I actually think this one is going to be a little bit easier for Michigan than the the Colorado State game because of that inexperience, you know? I think this is going to be one where there's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, You know, I think the crowd's going to be fantastic. They love night games at at the Big House. Hopefully it goes a little better than uh, Middle Tennessee State. You know, we want it to be more like Washington uh, from a year ago, but I think I, I don't see much resistance coming from Hawaii in this game either. Yeah, I don't either. I, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I think the night game and the inexperience with Hawaii, all that mixed together, I don't think that the uh, Rainbow Warriors are going to be ready for an environment like that. Um, yeah, I think I think that the players will be juiced up from that night game too. Should be a great environment. I'm really excited that's the first game I'm going to see this year um, in person, so I've, I've got tickets for that one. Um, my score prediction for this one was a 49-10 to 10 win. 49 to 10. I like it. Yeah, uh, just six returning starters uh, for Hawaii. Four on the offensive side of the football, two on the defensive side of the football. However, uh, they do have their top three pass catchers uh, from a year ago returning. So that's going to be interesting and a little test for the Michigan secondary. Uh, as we know, you know, um, returning quite a bit, though, uh, in the sense that they've got uh, Jamon Green, DJ Turner, Rod Moore returning, RJ Moten as well. Then you bring in the newcomer, uh, Will Johnson. You've got Mike Sanders still going to that side. So, uh, maybe some good reps coming uh, from that game for the Wolverines, but I don't really think that it's going to be too much of an issue when you're going up against a team that's got just two returning starters from a defense that gave up over 31 points a game last year. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely don't see that one being close at all. Um, I, I like I – like, um, I like the night game a lot. Uh, I, I honestly was surprised, kind of the same thing with Middle Tennessee State um, when they when they used one of the night games on that. I don't really get it. 
Um, but, you know, it's a fun environment. It'll be a fun game. Uh, and I think Michigan blows them out of the water. So it, it'll be enjoyable to watch. And you mentioned UConn uh, when we were talking about Colorado yeah. State. They're going to be coming to town in week three. That one is going to be played on September 17th. This has been uh, a, a bit of a rough program uh, for the Huskies. 1-11 a year ago. Jim Mora back into coaching, by the way. He's taking over the yeah. Huskies program. Uh, what, do, what do you see happening here in week three? You know, I think that is a good hire. Uh, maybe he can make some progress, um, but I don't think that much progress will be made by this point. I see this one going pretty – it's a noon start. I see it going pretty similarly to uh, the Michigan-Northern Illinois game last year. Um, I've got a 63-3 to score prediction in favor of the Wolverines. 63-3, to I like it. Going oh, yeah. big here. Do one. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, yeah I, I don't think, again, this is going to be uh, too tough – uh, the Huskies, they averaged 15.6 points per game on offense a year ago. They gave up 38.5 points per game. Their lone win uh, was against Yale. Like, they had they, – they lost a Holy Cross last year, uh, lost at Vanderbilt, uh, lost at UMass, lost to Middle Tennessee – uh, it, it was it was a rough go of it, and I, I just don't think that they have the talent to keep up with Michigan, quite honestly. And I'd expect that offense, uh, especially that offensive line, to really start to be kind of uh, in unison. Now, UConn does return eight defensive starters, so they might be able to put up a little more resistance than they would have a year ago, but I still don't think it's going to be nearly enough. I think uh, Michigan obviously walks away with an easy victory. Uh, I will say this, though, Scotty, when you take a look at these first three games, Colorado State, Hawaii, and Connecticut, I think we can learn some things uh from Michigan because you go back to like 2019 right and we had high expectations for that team some people were even picking Michigan to win the Big Ten that year I know Phil Steele uh picked Michigan to big win the Big Ten in 2019 and knock Ohio State off but we we kind of had an indication of what that season was going to go like after the Middle Tennessee games and the uh, Army game, you know, and we probably should have known right then and there that Michigan was going to be in for a, a bit of a down year. Then you look at last year, whooped up on Western, whooped up on NIU, beat Washington rather handily, and, and you kind of got a sense, hey, maybe this Michigan team can make some noise here this year. I think we can learn a lot from the non-conference, even though these are going to be hefty spreads and Michigan are, are, is going to be heavy favorites. If they're able to take care of business, and win these games by four or five touchdowns, you know, then I think we're going to be like, okay, there's not going to be too much of a fall off here this year. Um, but if there is, if, if these games are at all competitive, I'm going to be a little bit worried. Oh, yeah, dude, you bring up a great point. Like, I, I, I thought Michigan was going to win the Big Ten in 2019. I was like, this is finally the year. And after those first few games, I was thinking, man, we're struggling with some real, real bad teams. Um, and, and I, and I kind of knew after week three, okay, maybe this isn't going to be the season that we quite thought it would be. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot to learn. I mean, you know what Michigan should be doing to lesser opponents like this. And if they're not doing that and it's a little bit of a struggle, it's definitely a sign for what's to come. So we move on to Michigan hosting Maryland opening big 10 play homecoming game, September 24th. At the Big House. Interested to hear your thoughts on this one, Scotty. Yeah, I remember we, we touched on this game a little bit a few weeks ago. Um, and, and I think that you brought up a good point when we were talking about it. That it's the, I mean, some people have it down as, as one of Michigan's trap games. Um, and you were kind of alluding towards that. Uh, I, I think it could be a tricky one. I think that it's going to be the first real, real, real test to the defense because Maryland has a very capable quarterback in Tolia Tagovailoa, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, 
I mean, he's good, dude. He he can sling the ball around. And and Maryland in the first half of the season always just seems to play bad. I think we talked about that last time, too. You know, they've had some some good wins during the season. I think Texas, West Virginia, um, they've, they've beat some good teams early on in the season. Um, I think they're going to be better. Obviously, they I think they started off 4-0 last year and then, uh, and then lost pretty bad. Um, but I think that they're going to be a better team this year. And I think that they are going to put up a little bit of a fight. But I still like Michigan to pull away here at the end. Uh, score prediction for this one is 42-21, Michigan. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I am worried about this game. Number one, uh, September Maryland is no joke. Uh, as you mentioned, they went 4-0. They beat West Virginia Howard. They won at Illinois, uh, and they beat Kent State. You know, obviously not exactly, you know, too much of a murderer's row there. Uh, and then things got bad for him in Big Ten play. However... I, this is a scary Maryland offense, man. They returned nine starters from a year ago. They scored 29.3 points per game. Uh, didn't do a lot against Michigan. Obviously, it was a 59-18 victory for the Wolverines at Maryland. But Maryland in September is a dangerous team, and we don't know. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of question marks on the defensive side of the football for Michigan because there's very talented players, but a lot of an experience uh, on that side of the football. You know, is the secondary going to be up for the task? Because you mentioned uh, Tagovailoa returning, but not only that, man. Their pass catchers are going to be dynamic this year. Rakeem Jarrett was third-team Big Ten as a true freshman a year ago. He returns. They get Jacob Copeland, a transfer from Florida. Um, he was a highly touted recruit uh, transferring in here this year. They've got some great pass catchers that's going to be on that offensive side of the football, man. I I'm a little bit worried about it, and I think this is going to be a lot closer game than people realize. I am going to pick Michigan to win because it is in the big house, but I think this is going to be around a 10-ish point game. I think people are going to be a little surprised by Maryland this year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened. I think that definitely Michigan's going to be caught off guard a little bit in the early goings. I, I Like I said, I think Maryland hangs around for, for a, a decent amount of the game. Um, with, a, with a late pull away by Michigan to secure it. And, you know, in that sense, you know, Michigan is probably going to be coming into that game feeling really good about themselves coming off those non-conference mm -hmm. wins, and it's going to be hard not to take a quick little peek ahead to yep. week number five and a trip to Kinnick. Yep, that's going to be real tough, especially we, we just heard the announcement this week that it's Iowa's uh, black and gold game, so they're going to stripe out the stadium with black and gold fingers crossed that, that that's not going to be a night game that hasn't been announced, but yeah, that, that Iowa game, it's, it's definitely going to be tough to not look ahead to that when you got Maryland at home. I thought that someone mentioned they were going to do uh, Wisconsin as the night game, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I thought I had heard that somewhere. Uh, but regardless, Kinnick is a tough place to go in and play. So you and I, we both got Michigan starting four and O here. How do we feel about the trip to Kinnick? I think that it is going to be a very scary game, but I do like Michigan in this one. I mean, Iowa, they they, they do they are returning some talent, but they, they lost a decent amount from a year ago. Um, and sorry about that. I'm not sure if you could hear my computer phone ringing there. Um, but I do. I think that it's going to be a close game. Like I said, I fingers crossed that it's not a night game. We all know about the Kinnick curse at night. Um, 2016 Michigan was a victim to it and and that really it it's crazy how big of an effect uh, a game at night versus a game at day um, has on a college football game but no matter what I like Michigan to get the win 
Um, and, and I just feel like th- those games with Iowa are always a weird score. Um, I like Michigan to win this one by three, though. Um, kind of a 17, 14, 20 to 17 type win. Yeah, this is this was a tough one. I kind of went back and forth, but at the end of the day, I just don't think there's enough there on the Iowa offense. I think that defense is going to be stout. It's going to be one of the best defenses in the Big Ten as it was a year ago because they returned seven starters on that side of the football. But you still got Spencer Petras, uh back there. Um, you know, maybe uh, Joey Labas. Um, but uh, or, or Alex Padilla as well. We saw Alex Padilla uh, come in a little bit in the Big Ten championship game, but Michigan was able to wear that Hawkeye defense down. I think there's a chance they could do that uh, again here this year with that big offensive line. You know, Iowa had no answers after a certain point in that game, um, and I just don't think Iowa has enough offensively. Uh, my worry is, is it turns into one of those weird games like the 2016 game. I know that was a night game at Kinnick, but Michigan just uh, seemingly couldn't get anything going offensively that game, even though they were putting up huge points uh, all season long in 2016. So I'm definitely worried about it. I'm going to say Michigan squeaks out a, a slight win here. But this is another one. This is back-to-back weeks where I feel like my stress level is going to be pretty high. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, for me, this is one of those weeks where I'm probably going to bet on Iowa because I'm that nervous. So if just in case Michigan loses, I'll have something to fall back on. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a big a big reason for, for me make, picking Michigan, too, is I mean, it wasn't long ago that Michigan just beat the brakes off Iowa 42 to three in the championship game. Obviously, I think it's like I said, it's going to be much, much closer than that games at Kinnick. It's going to be tough. But I do like Michigan to get the to get the close win. Now we should, if they aren't able to come out of those two games unscathed, we should be feeling pretty good and get a little break here. Uh, the very following week, as we look at week six and a trip to Bloomington to go take on the Hoosiers at Indiana. Yeah, Indiana's a tricky team. Um, you know, in in twenty twenty, it looked like you know Tom Allen. He's he's always got a competitive team, and in twenty twenty, it looked like okay, you know. It might be really turning the corner and, and, and start to be a consistent threat. Um, I mean, they put up a good fight at Ohio State that year. Um, but I it, it might have just been the weird COVID season because last year they took a huge step back um, with, with the two-win year. Um, and, and I don't see it getting much better this year for, for Indiana. Um, lost a quarterback to the transfer portal, just named QB1 at Washington today. Um but I think that Indiana always plays Michigan a little bit tougher than everybody else for some reason, and it's at Indiana. So I still like Michigan by about 17. Uh, I've got my score prediction for this one at 27 to 10, Michigan. Yeah, outside of, of 2020, it felt like they always played Michigan the week before Ohio State, right? And, yeah. and I felt yeah. like that was a big reason for that like Michigan was kind of looking ahead a little bit and Indiana mm-hmm. was always able to play him tough you know coming off a two and ten campaign I think Indiana is going to be better than they were last year they were actually minus 13 in turnover margin a year ago so it can't it can't be any worse than that I think it you know it, maybe it'll be they'll put up a bit of a fight uh, against Michigan um like they were able to uh, against Michigan State a year ago that was kind of one of their bright spots on the year though you know I would, because they only won two games, and you, you never want to, you know, um, 
a loss to be one of your bright spots on the season. But I could see something like that happening against Michigan. But at the end of the day, uh, I can't go with Indiana here, so I'm going to take Michigan uh, to take down Indiana. And then the following week, man, we've got a big matchup with Penn State and the Nittany Lions coming to the big house on October 15th. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know how to feel about this one because I, I honestly don't. I'm not too high on Penn State to be honest. Um, I think they've been trending down. Obviously, uh, the 2020 COVID season they started off um, with. I think they were 0 and 4, 0 and 5. They won their last couple games, um, and then last year just absolutely imploded down the stretch of the season. I, I don't know if Sean Clifford's it. You know, like you know, he he he's decent. But I, I don't know if he has it in him to lead them to a, to any special season. Um, but I think after what happened in Happy Valley last year and just the competitiveness between these two teams in recent years, it's going to be a good fight. Um, but I just don't see them coming in to, to Ann Arbor and getting a win. Um, I've got a 28-24 Michigan victory. Yeah, it, it was a really good defense a year ago. Allowed just 17.3 points per game. Only returning four starters on that side of the football, though. Uh, I do like Parker Washington. He was a really good receiver as a freshman a year ago. Like you said, I, I'm not 100% sold on, on Sean Clifford. I'm really not sold on that offensive line. Michigan was able to dominate them. Uh, in the trenches on the defensive side of the football last year. Uh, end of the day, I think Penn State will be a little bit better than they were a year ago, but having to come into the big house, you know, with a with a crowd there and everything like that, you know, 2020 was obviously uh, one thing with Penn State coming to the, the big house, but other than that, I don't believe uh, James Franklin has won a game uh, at Michigan. So, yeah, I... Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Wolverines uh, to come away with the victory in, in this matchup against Penn State. I think it'll be somewhat close. I think it'll be a similar game to last year, uh, but ultimately I like Michigan to win. And then they're going to get a bye week, much deserved, because that's going to be a pretty good stretch. Three games in, in four weeks that uh, are a little bit tougher than I think people realize, but then they get a break before the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy, Michigan State coming into town on October 29th. I mean, dude, Michigan better win this one, man. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do if they lose to state again. Um, and, and I don't think that that happens. I mean, obviously, I've, I have said the same thing in the last two years. But, I mean, after last year, um, after 2020, Michigan State coming into Ann Arbor this year, I just don't think that those players are going to let that happen. Um, and, I mean – Let's be honest, Michigan State's going to be a good team this year. I, don't, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back, um, and I really don't think that that's the, the, my hatred for Michigan State saying that. I just think that Kenneth Walker was just a massive part of that offense, and I think without him, they don't beat Michigan, um, and I think that they maybe lose a couple other games too. I thought that they got kind of lucky against Nebraska. I um, thought there were some, some games that they could have lost last year. I think they take a little bit of a step back. I actually like Michigan – to win this one 35-21, I think that they handle business against Little Brother. Like, Michigan State uh, is going to improve defensively. They've got nine restur- uh, returning starters coming back. They they can't be worse through the air, you know, than they were a year ago. Um, they do have, obviously, Peyton Thorne coming back. I like him and Jaden Reed. Uh, you know, from what I've heard, they played high school football together. Um, but at the end of the day... I, you look at last year's game, Scotty, and you know Michigan obviously up sixteen in the second half. It took five 
replay overturns all in Michigan's favor, including one that took points off the board and was so egregious that the Big Ten apologized to Michigan after the fact for that overturn in order to come away with a four-point victory, 37-33. Plus two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, plus Kenneth Walker having the game of his life. Everything went right for Michigan State that day in order to win, and Michigan on the offensive side of the football is going to be even more explosive than they were a year ago, and I don't expect Michigan State to be as explosive offensively as they were a year ago. I definitely think Michigan is going to win this game, but like you said, we thought that the last two years and we were proven uh, very, very wrong, but I still like the Wolverines to take back the Paul Bunyan Trophy. And then they're going to take a little trip to Piscataway November 5th to go and take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who you might remember gave Michigan a bit of a scare at the big house a year ago. Yeah, I mean, this is another game where I, I really don't know what to think because Rutgers was not a good team a year ago, and they really had some really good chances to, to tie that game up in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that, they, I mean, they had, they had a great game plan against Michigan, um, but I don't think that happens again this year. Um, Rutgers has always been, you know, the game on the schedule that you look at and you think, okay, that's the automatic win. But the last two years, obviously, it, it took overtime in 2020 um, and a missed field goal by Rutgers that, that could have won them the game. Um so it's been tricky the past couple of years, but I don't think that happens this year. I like Michigan 42-7 in this one. Yeah, um, it's, you know, Graciano deserves a lot of credit, obviously, for what he's been able to do very quickly in Rutgers and kind of making them uh, a competitive team. Started out 3-0 and before they came to Michigan. Um, put up a, a couple of good fights, beat Illinois, one at Illinois, one at Indiana, but they were really hit or miss a year ago. They either, you know, won or played tough or got absolutely blown out of the water no kind of moderate games for them last year um so you know I do you lose Isaiah Pacheco he was an absolute stud uh interested to see who starts at quarterback here I haven't seen uh Gavin Wimsat obviously is uh he's a very highly touted uh quarterback but Noah Vedrill is also coming back he gave Michigan fits in that second half particularly running the football from the quarterback position uh returned six uh six starters on both sides of the football uh Michigan should be able to lean on the the ground game in that one I think they're really going to be firing on all cylinders at that point the defense is going to finally be starting to come together by November and I like them to come away with a victory at Rutgers and then we've got an interesting one November 12th one of the Big Ten West crossover games with Nebraska coming to the big house, and this was another one that, hey, could have gone easily the other way for the Wolverines a year ago. Yeah, uh, and, and again, we, we touched on Nebraska a lot in uh, in yesterday's podcast. Um, I think they're going to be better this year. I mean, like we like we said, um, like everyone knows, I mean, they were the most competitive 3-9 and nine team a year ago, with their biggest loss being by just nine points to Ohio State, um, and just like the Michigan game and the Michigan State game, like they they they, they all all of their games, they they could have won, they could have won them all. Um, and I think that they're gonna be able to to be better at finishing this year. I think that we could see Nebraska as a top fifteen team coming into the Big House. I really do. The schedule sets up nicely. Um, they've got most of their tough games at the end of the schedule. They've got Oklahoma Week Four. I think that that's going to be the win that really is like, okay, I think Nebraska is good. I think they're back. Um, 
So I think it's going to be a really big matchup. I think that they're going to maybe have one, two losses at that point in Nebraska. Um, but I still like Michigan to get the win. I've got Michigan winning this one 31-21. I think Casey Thompson, the transfer quarterback from Texas, is, is a talented quarterback for sure. I think the issue is, though, Adrian Martinez was pretty much the entirety of your offense. How do they duplicate his production even with Casey Thompson coming in? I'm not sure uh, that they do that. Maybe by November 12th, uh, they're somewhat close. And maybe I, I would consider, I mean, you look at, at who's all returning. Uh, Ramir Johnson is going to be returning here this year. Jacquez Yant uh, is coming back as well. They've got a, a lot of guys coming back there Four of their five top tacklers uh, from a year ago are back. So they've got some really good returning players, but Adrian Martinez is the one that sticks out to me. He was the reason that Nebraska was in that game against Michigan, uh, particularly in the second half, and was able to, you know, take the lead. And then he, he was also the the reason that uh, the game was taken, literally stripped from their hands. Uh, but how do you kind of come up with that production? How do you replace that production if you're Scott Frost in Nebraska? I'd consider it, if this game was in Lincoln, I would consider this being one of those trap games for Michigan down the stretch of the year uh, if they get here unscathed. Uh, but ultimately, with it being at the big house, I can't quite do that. I'm going to take Michigan in about a 10-point game uh, over the Cornhuskers before they welcome in Illinois, and I don't think this should be much of a issue for the Wolverines. Yeah, uh, I think that, you know, we could see kind of what we were talking about earlier with, you know, when Michigan was playing Indiana before Ohio State a lot. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be extremely difficult to not overlook the Buckeyes with a home game against Illinois um, the week before. Um, so I think because of that, Michigan might not be on their A-plus-plus game. Um, and Illinois has some experience on their team coming back um, and some and some transfers coming in. Um, but I still like Michigan to get this one fairly easily. I've got a 38-13 Michigan victory against the Illini. I, man, I think this is going to be similar to the Maryland game last year when they went on the road and won 59-18, to be quite honest with you. I think we see Michigan open up the playbook in this game like they did against Maryland last year because they want to put some different things on tape for Ohio State to look at and have to be prepared for and take away from preparing for others, some of the other stuff that Michigan does. You know, they they did that a little bit in that game. Obviously, Donovan Edwards had the coming out game. They had the uh, throwback to A.J. Henning for the kickoff return for a touchdown. I think we just see similar stuff like that. I think Michigan kind of toys with Illinois uh, in this game, and they come away with a massive victory before it sets up. And again, you know... If this happens, it would be awesome. We're kind of predicting for it to happen right now. We've both got a Michigan uh, team at 11-0. and 0. I will say, though, those couple of games, three games in those four weeks between September 24th and October 15th, uh, would not be surprised if Michigan loses one of those games. I just go in game by game. We've got I've got a couple of close wins for the Wolverines there. And if it happens, we've both got Michigan 11-0. and 0. I would have Ohio State at 11-0 in this game as well. I don't know if you would, and it would set up for one of the all-time greatest matchups between these two in the shoe on November 26th. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I've got Ohio State at 11-0 as well. Um, and, you know, the last time the two teams played on November 26th in the shoe, it was one of the greats as well. I don't want to think or talk about that game. Um and, and, you know, we talked about it in uh, in the betting podcast with a Big Ten champion. If I'm betting on it, I'm not taking Ohio State. 
at the minus 150 or whatever they are. I'm taking Michigan at plus 800. Um, but I will say this. I do have Ohio State winning this one. Ohio State is just loaded with talent. I mean, C.J. Stroud, obviously. The wide receivers are insane. They've got Travion Henderson. Their, their, their defense is kind of where they had some issues last year, so it'll be interesting what they can do there um, to fix that. But um, that offense is just ridiculous. Uh, and, and I think Michigan's going to have a pretty ridiculous offense too, and I think that's going to help them hang around in this game. But being at Columbus – I just don't quite see it. I've got Ohio State winning this one by a score of about 42-31 is my prediction. I, you know, I hate to agree with you, but I've got Ohio State winning this game as well. You know, I want last year to be like, look, Michigan can do it. And they can. They can. They proved they can. But this Ohio State team, I think the big difference for me, Scotty, is number one, we know the offense is going to be unbelievable for Ohio State. Like you said, though, Michigan's going to have a pretty good offense uh, in their own right. It's, it's Ohio State on the defensive side of the ball with Jim Knowles coming in, returning eight starters. And I understand that they weren't a very good defense last year, but they got some serious dudes. You know, Zach Harrison, a five-star guy. Uh, Tumalau, who was a five-star guy, to go along with Jack Sawyer, who were in the same class. They, they were like both top ten recruits at the defensive end position. They're returning eight guys. Jim Knowles, uh, coming over from Oklahoma State, did a fantastic job. Uh, with the Cowboys uh, a year ago, and I think it's going to make a big difference. Ohio State's going to have a competent defense, and I don't think Michigan's going to be able to keep up in that game. I've got Ohio State winning and going undefeated into the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, like like you said, you, you hate to say it, but with the talent that they have on that team, and, and if it were in Ann Arbor, maybe it'd be different. Um, but, but going into Columbus, that's just going to be an incredibly tough environment and, and just a very hard game to get a win in. So Scotty and myself, we picked every game the same though. I, I think a lot of people, uh, have, have picked the schedule similarly for Michigan. Uh, there's going to be some tough games though. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I know the schedule sets up easy and, and it probably does compare to most years, but there are going to be some tough games. It's, you know, the big 10 is a really good conference. Every time you have to go on the road, it's going to be a tough test, no matter what so uh, we'll see what happens this year and I would love if November 26 came around and Michigan was 11 and 0 going to Columbus man we hope that's the case and we will find out soon enough Scotty White where can we find you on social media my friend you guys can give me a follow at Scotty White underscore on Twitter that's S-C-O-T-T-Y for Scotty um like uh, we've got some great content coming out for you guys all season long, like we've been doing all summer, and it's going to get even better as the season ramps up. Um, so you can give me a follow there and find it all. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow the Mason Brew show page as well. And I want to remind you as well that support for Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped Best in men's below-the-waist grooming products, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels i absolutely love my performance package the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is unlike anything you've ever had it's got the nick guard i i love the toner i love the deodorant and let me tell you the briefs the boxer briefs awesome man awesome especially in the summer when it's warm you go into some michigan games and it's going to be hot you don't want to be chafing you get all of this and more in the performance package 4.0 and you know what we're going to do for you we are going to get you 20 percent off and free shipping 
Just insert code MNB20 at manscaped.com. That's MNB20 at manscaped.com. 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, Also, next week, plan is a little deep dive as we get into game week. Deep dive for Colorado State coming to town for game number one. Hoping to be live with you on the Maze and Brew YouTube page. Make sure you go subscribe. Ring that bell as well. And that's going to do it for us here this week on Brewcast. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Giardi. We'll see you next week.